Welcome to another episode of Album for the Day with John E. and Jay. Album for the Day, October 24th, as we continue with Number One Squared. That's an album that was number one while a single from the same artist was also number one. We jump back over to the UK today with Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell. <laughs> what a, that's such a bad title. That's so bad. What else? Why would you go anyway? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, It was number one at the same time as I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. And that was 28 years ago today, October 24th, 1993, um, for three weeks, and was interrupted by Phil Collins' both sides, and then came back. On November 21st of 93 for two more weeks because we still don't know what that is. I think we do know what that is. I know it was recorded August of 91 to June of 93 at Ocean Way in LA and the Power Station in New York City. Released September 14th of 93 on MCA in North America and Virgin for the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. I know that that time frame of recording does not really cover all of what happened in the creation of this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite the delightful amalgamation of years and years. Uh, this is the sixth album for Meatloaf, 16 years after the original Bat Out of Hell. Um, this album has 14 million in worldwide sales. Went platinum 14 times in the U.S. Spent 522 weeks on the U.K. chart. What? The second longest run by a studio album. That is wild. Um, Jim Steinman. So I'm in no way going to compare this to Elton John and Bernie Taupin. You should not. Jim Steinman writes these epic things and people cover his songs. Uh, this is really like one of the most personally involved projects Meatloaf is that he does, did, is a part of mm-hmm. his huge thing. So uh, he actually wrote the original Bat Out of Hell from Neverland, which is a futuristic rock version of Peter Pan and said to be influenced by Steinman's love of Richard Wagner. Phil Spector, Bruce Springsteen, and The Who. In 1993, Jim Steinman said, I didn't call it Bad Out of Hell 2 just to identify with the first record. It really does feel like an extension of that. Meatloaf subsequently said, We called it Bad Out of Hell 2 because that would help it sell shitloads. Unquote. <laughs> well, he's right. Uh, you know, like, goodness gracious. It went platinum or better in 10 countries. Yeah. Boom goes the dynamite. Yeah. It's still, like, not a very creative title, in my opinion, but I'm not. Well, we're getting to that. Yeah, we're yeah, getting to that. Yeah. It's, it's... So Jim Steinman rejoined Meatloaf in Toronto in 1978 um, to go through songs for Bad Out of Hell 2 after the show. But 
his new lyric book and a number of other things were stolen from the dressing rooms during the show. In addition to that, Meatloaf then lost his voice and was unable to record what was called at the time Renegade Angel. So Jim Steinman recorded it as a solo recording called Bad for Good. And it uh, was not quite the same. So I would do anything for love, but I won't do that is a 12-minute opus that begins with a guitar sounding like a revving motorcycle, which is kind of a nod to the Bad Out of Hell mm-hmm. whole concept. The female vocalist at the end of the song is Lorraine Crosby. Um, she is credited in the liner notes as Mrs. Loud. Mrs. Loud. Okay. And the story kind of sounded like the Ray Jackson, Maggie Mae, Rod Stewart situation mm. that we talked about. Yep. Because apparently what she recorded was as a guide vocal, so that's what she was paid for. Oh, wow. And then they put her on the record. However, she also sang background on a couple of other tracks on there, Mm. and Mm. they got her a recording contract with MCA, Mm -hmm. so it's not quite as bad as the Ray Jackson thing, but... Yeah, you know. The way I I see this record, it's kind of like a... I'm glad I know Meatloaf as an actor because this is such a theatrical, like, kind of thing where it's just like, all right, I, I, I get it. You're a bat out of hell, too. But and now I'm praying for the end of time. But it's just like, it's kind of like that overdone kind of thing. I mean, for what it is, yeah, they made a dump truck full of money on it. And they made, there's some great musicians that play on this record. I just feel that it's so theatrical and like a, like a rock opera. And I, I know that's kind of what they were going for. So in that regard, it's a success. But there's, there's moments of it that are just like so over the top that it's like, I feel like I'm watching or listening to like Phantom of the Opera meets rent meet somebody who like wants to be um, like a hard rocker but it's like but you're like the theater guy you know it's it's just it's a little bit too much for my taste um i and but you know i i get it it's uh and and the video for that song was huge as well do you know who directed the video who i do not michael bay what? Mike. There was no explosions. Oh, wait a minute. There were explosions. Hang on. Hang on. Michael Bay directed all three videos. He directed I'd Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That, based it on Beauty and the Beast and Phantom of the Opera. There it is. And you see that. Um, he directed Rock and Roll Dreams Come Through, which has a story with a runaway girl who is actually Angelina Jolie. Hmm. And the video for Objects in the Rearview Mirror May Appear Closer Than They Are features Robert Patrick, Mm T-1000, and contains flying aircraft imagery he recycled in Armageddon and Pearl Harbor. Mm. So if you want to see where those started, Mm -hmm. go check out that Meatloaf video. Yeah, there was a couple weird song titles. Life is a Lemon and I Want My Money Back is one that I was like, hmm. Okay, cool, I guess. Life is a lemon, and I'd like my time back for putting eight minutes into that one. 
Mm. Um, but there's a few other ones like objects in the rearview mirror is a long song, but it portrays a man who's overcome tragedies in his own life yet still feels haunted by their memory. Um, Jim Steinman said, I think maybe the most passionate song on the record. He's really proud of it because that's really the one that goes over the top in the sense that it's got images, religious imagery of resurrection, fertility, rebirth, really very good sexual images, images of cars, which I always like, unquote. (laughs) I love it. But Lost Boys and Golden Girls is Jim Steinman's interpretation of Peter Pan. And I think this really sums up Jim Steinman in his own words. He said he's always looked at it from the perspective that Peter Pan is a great rock and roll myth because it's about a gang of lost boys who never grow up, who are going to be young forever, and that's about as perfect an image for rock and roll as I can think of. Mm. Awesome. Well, album for the day today, uh, October 24th, is Bat Out of Hell 2, Back in Hell by Meatloaf. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Twitter at album, the number four of the day. Uh, give us a follow, subscribe wherever you listen to us, and support us via listener support option to gain access to additional bonus content. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. Mom! The meatloaf! <laughs> nice. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're listening on Spotify, after starting the podcast, you can search for the album, use the three dots, and hit add to queue. Now the album will start as soon as the episode ends. Woohoo!